Good day, my friends, and welcome to the Craig Shapiro Tennis Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Diadora, the brand made legendary by your board. Currently worn by world number 25, Jan Leonard Stroop. World number 58, Martina Trevisan. See them at Diadora.com. Use my code APPROVE in all caps at HollywoodSports.com for 15% off of all performance Diadora tennis shoes. Today's guest was born and raised in Denmark, and her son is the current world number seven. She is omnipresent at the tournaments, dressed in black, head to toe, in the player's box. She was recently featured in episode two of season two of the Netflix documentary series, Breakpoint. She is the first tennis mom to come on to my show, and we had a fascinating chat. Annika Runa is today's guest. Please note, an hour after our chat, it was announced that Holger will be playing an exhibition round robin in Saudi Arabia in October, and the following day, Boris Becker resigned his post, so the interview does not reflect those two breaking news subjects. Are you in Charlottesland? Are you back in Denmark? I am back in Denmark right now. Holger is still in Monaco, but I am back in Denmark. And is that where you live in Charlottesland? Do I have that right? Oh, almost. In Danish, we would say Charlottenlund. Say it again. Charlottenlund. Oh, I don't know if I can do that. Uh, <laughs> everyone, the woman you hear, I've been fascinated by this team for the last couple of years since they kind of burst onto the scene. She is the tennis mom. She's dressed in black. The whole team is dressed in black everywhere she goes. Her son has gotten to as high as three in the world. He is now seven in the world, I believe. The Danish player, the the young gun, Holger Runa. And this is his mom, Annika Runa. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Is that where you all are from? Yes, yes. Holger is uh, born here in Denmark, and I still live here with the rest of the family, my husband and and uh, my my daughter. She has her own apartment in Copenhagen. Uh, and Holger moved a couple of years ago to Monaco because it's tough being a tennis player in Denmark because there are not many tennis players. So uh, it's it's tough to put up practice and stuff like this in a country where all the all the guys they are at work all day um, and and they play a little tennis in the afternoon. So uh, it's much easier to to be in Monaco for him. We're gonna get into all that shortly. As you know, we do a five set format. The first set's the off the court report. Oh, yeah. So now you started the year like everyone in Australia. That wasn't a great trip for you. Arthur Kazal played a great match, and and uh, you ended up home quickly. I I don't I don't agree there. Okay. I think Holger had a very good start of the year. He had a good preseason, and um, he had some good matches at the UTS format in London, and then we we went to Brisbane in Australia. And the past two two years, he he started horrible in Adelaide, losing first round, and this year he went to the final in Brisbane playing some pretty good tennis uh, and there was uh, super good energy in the team. So actually it was like for us, a dream start of the year because normally we have a tough time finding the right balance in how much physically he needs to to do in the preseason. Often he is too heavy with the muscles when he starts the year. So actually this year, I think we did the perfect balance in Holger being strong, but still fit. Then maybe it was a little optimistic to to change the coach in in Australia and have uh, a new coach for the for the first time. We did a, a very good preseason together, uh, but then you get wise all the time. Practice is not the same as as tournaments, and and it was it was not super good for Holger. We're we're already into the second set. We're into the on the court report. You brought in Severin Luti, but let me ask you, why wasn't Becker there? I never got clarity on that. No, Becker already had some obligations with Eurosport. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Yes, so so it was not possible for him to be there. And since we were, you know, looking for uh, Boris, couldn't cover all weeks anyway. So so we needed uh, someone else. And and then Hogger had had the dialogue with Severin also. So it was you know easy to ask him if if it could be interesting. And and obviously he has huge experience from from uh, Roger. So. We thought, and the chemistry was good, so so it it looked like a, a perfect fit. Um, things are not always as you know 
easy as they look on the paper, though. But uh, it was a good try. What, what does that feel like when things are not a good fit? It doesn't seem like there's overt arguing and such. It's just that maybe the player isn't responding well to the direction. Is that what happens? No, I think if you come in and you want to implement a lot of changes in the routines that the player normally do, this is great because... If you're number seven, you're not the best in the world. So you need to do things differently in order to improve. What is tough here is starting to do the things at a grand slam. If we look back and, and you should be wise backwards, if you could do that all the time, it would be easy. Then then it was not the right timing to, to implement new stuff because the player is obviously more nervous at, at Grand Slams. And, and also what really was not the good fit was the next time we were supposed to see Severin, I didn't have the schedule before Melbourne, was in, at the end of March. So to follow up on the changes you want to do and not see the player for two months, then when you're, maybe if you were 25 or 27, this would work. But if you're 20, you need more continuously, you know, to repeat the new things you want to do. So what's an example of something that got changed that would have thrown you off a little bit? I'm just curious. Yeah, there was something about the the energy level you you put on court. Holger is, is super energetic. Uh, he's explosive in his tennis. Uh, he likes to play this way. He's, he's a passionate player. And for sure, there are things where, where you should say here you have to control or save your energy a little, but, but you cannot take out the energy of Holger. You lose the explosiveness, you lose the net game, you lose a lot of things. There is part of Holger's identity. So it's, it's really a, a fine balance in where is the ice, where is the fire. Um, and I like the idea of adjusting. But you need to be able to follow up. You need to, if you implement new things, you, you need to be there for a certain time to, to, to follow up, to, to actually make the changes. They say, you know, you're not supposed to change rackets. You're not supposed to change shoes, especially before a major. Yeah. It sounds like uh, bringing a coach in right before a major wasn't uh, an ideal maneuver. No, and maybe also we were a little naive and also a little, you know, starstruck, like saying, oh, Roger, 20 grand slams, uh, it's not a problem to bring in a new coach. Clearly, this was naive, uh, but, you know, as I said, you can always be wise looking back. So you lost to Kazo. Um, Kazo played extremely well. I was at that match. The kid played out of his mind, and Holger did look a little flat to me. Yeah. Was the team very upset? Is did, did you guys all? Does everyone scream at everybody, and and nobody talks to anyone? And no, no, none of that. No, 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 not at all. No, not at all. Uh, clearly, Holger was was disappointed, but Holger came in unenergized and and. And uh, Kesso was like on fire. So we didn't get the match that we wanted. You just didn't get going. Um, you left there. You went, you went home. And then, and then you played Montpellier. And he, he had a couple wins. And then it looked to mm -hmm. me like he had a forearm issue against uh, Chorich. Do I have that right? Yeah, actually, there wasn't a plan to play in Montpellier. But then we were contacted for a wild card. And... Um, you know, it would be a lot with three and a half weeks without any matches when you only had two matches in Melbourne. So it made sense to to have a little more matches there. Also because, you know, you practiced on a lot of stuff in preseason and you really want to go and, and try all this stuff. Uh, of I mean, it's still the beginning of the year and, and you're not supposed to peak in January or February. But he really were eager to, to you know, try the stuff he practiced. And, and so we said yes to this. Uh, yes, and unfortunately, he has had this uh, pain in the arm, so in, in the elbow, so he had to to withdraw. Is that anything that uh, he needs to be worried about? Are you does, is that a real injury? Normally, I'm not super worried. I'm of course you're worried, but but he's young, he's super healthy, he has a very very good body. So when there is something with Hogger, it's because he's doing something. Or either he did a wrong movement and, and something happened all of a sudden, or it's because he did something technically wrong. So normally, if you get some rest and recovery and you try to locate why is this happening, 
could be in a surf movement or something, then we normally get it quite easy back going. Are you serving as the exclusive manager? Are you negotiating the the appearance fees and the schedule and the travel? Is it you? Now we just changed uh, agency to IMG. So they're the one doing the negotiations and everything, which is super nice for me. Uh, in terms of the schedule on what Holger is to play, I present the office we have from, from the various places. And we put together a tournament plan. This is like preliminary. So the coaches are free to say, I don't think this is a good idea or uh, maybe if he went to the final in one tournament and his body is so or whatever, we can skip this one. Or So you do a schedule, yes, but it's fluent. So there's, there's Lars Christensen and now there's Kenneth Carlson. And now- ah, but Lars Christensen was not with Holger since, 20, since last year. Okay, I'm sorry. So is Kenneth Carlson now in the mix? The great Kenneth Carlson? Yeah. He is in the mix. Yes. That's fact. Is he the lead coach that will be traveling with Holger? I mean, Kenneth has known Holger since he was little. For our listeners, Kenneth Carlson was one of these guys who had this. He was an incredible clay court player in the 80s and a bit of the 90s. He had bad knees and it, it really hurt his career. He was a dynamic force on clay, and he won a bunch of tournaments. I'm sorry, continue? Yes. Kenneth has, you know, Holger has a long history with his old coach, Lars. He was with him for 15 years. Okay. So for Holger, he never really changed coaches in his life. I mean, he had the same old guy uh, all the time. Then we were part of the Morato Clue Academy, and uh, at the end of 2022, then uh, Patrick uh, came in and joined the team for a couple of months, which Holger really liked. What is important to say here is that for Holger, it's important that he feels secure because the way he grew up with tennis was with people he always trusted, people he known all his life and that cares about him. So then Lars and Patrick couldn't work together and, and we had to move on from there. But deep down in Holger, I feel he it's important for Holger still to have a guy that knows him for a long time. And this Kenneth does. Kenneth was practicing with Holgers in the juniors also when he played the ITF in the juniors alongside Lars. And and um, it's it's really familiar to have him in the team and, and to do the practice. And and Holger needs a steady coach. It's it's very good with all these super coaches, but you know, they can only join for 10 weeks here and there. And, and for Holger, it's important with his base. So I think where we maybe in the beginning thought, okay, we can do like this or this. Then again, it's important to say all of this coaching shit is new for us. It's like we had the same coach for 15 years. Now it has to change at some point. And now you have to find out what is right for you. It's not like, imagine you had the same job for 15 years, then, then you don't go out and find the dream job immediately, maybe. So this is what Holger is trying now. And maybe you find the right chemistry between two people, but they can only be there 10 weeks. Would you consider this situation an ongoing problem? Do you, does your team have a problem? I don't know if it's a problem. I think we are in a change, in a necessary change from when Holger was with the same coach all his life to find the right balance in what is good for Holger. And, and there are no doubt that, that Hogger likes to have two coaches. He likes that a lot. So like one who's more maybe on the technical part and one who's more on the coaching part. And this makes Hogger all the time. He, he goes back to, to mentioning Patrick because Patrick is an amazing coach and he did some very good results with, with him. However, we end up in the future. I, I don't know. It's not my decision. I don't feel what Hogger is feeling on court. Um, so, so let's see what the future brings. And when Holger is in Monte Carlo, does he practice at, I assume he practiced at Monte Carlo country club, but he, does he always, does he go, does he go to Biot? Does he go to Patrick's Academy still? Yeah, 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 yeah. He does. Yeah. 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 I have to, I have to ask you, Annika, 
you know, Patrick is this polarizing fellow on tour. And I listen, I like the guy a lot. He's I've he's been on my show. I've been to his academy to 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 shoot with him. Um, what is his model? Does he pay you to be part of his academy to have his people in the box? Or is he a paid employee of Team Runa? Hogger was part of the small group called Camp Seed. They have like every year or every second year, they have a, a group of children who can come and, and practice at the academy. And they choose a couple of kids that can come and practice for free. Now, I've been told that it's like you got to be top three ITF or something and you get the free scholarship. So you were a scholarship. You were... The whole family goes to Moritoglu and you are you part of that program. Yeah. You you work there for free. Yeah. Okay. It's true. And what is brilliant for a guy like Hogger, now we were not in the need of the money as some of the kids are, but we were very much in need of the sparring. Because coming from a small country as Denmark, there are absolutely no players. So Hogger was either he had to play with the grown-ups, which I didn't like because I didn't want Hogger to get injured, or we could travel to find kids his age that he could actually practice with. So for us, the, the Morato group was brilliant in terms of sparring and also in terms of environment because... Incredible, yes. You have a lot of professional players there. And, and to be honest, it's, it's just another world. There is nothing like it. It is so good. It's so good. When Hogger came there, 13 years old, and he's doing fitness besides... One of the top guys, yeah. it's Novak was there doing yeah. fitness, you know, a little kid just watching and, and he was so inspired yeah. and, and he came and he said, I want to do it as fast. I want to put in uh, this effort. I want to do so in, in that term, it's absolutely amazing. Also, you get a lot of relations there, it's great. like with the fitness and the physios and it's like a small family. It's not a cold academy. If you have been there, you know, it's like super cozy. It's awesome. Like, like you see Jeremy Chardy and then you see Alizé Cornet, uh, you know, jumping on blocks. And then you see Clara Towson was there, your countrywoman. Uh, there's all these players there. The clay is beautiful and the work that's getting done is, it is, it's inspiring to see it. It makes you want to like work hard. It's very different from Denmark because in Denmark when it's, it's more like uh... You know, you send your kids down after school and, and they look at their phone, they hit the ball, they look at the phone again and hit the ball. And <laughs> yeah. some of them are not even dressed in tennis clothes. So for Volga, it's just, it's just uh, was an amazing world. So who's the lead agent now at IMG for you guys? Who is your, who is your, do you deal with Max directly? Who is it that you deal with? It's Max, Max and Chris. So your, your team Runa is now uh, part of the IMG machine. Yes. Holger is signed this, this year. And uh, already now I'm impressed with the guys. They are just so efficient and they are so on top of everything. They're on the phone 24 seven. You know, I like efficiency. I'm I'm a sucker for efficiency. So so uh, it's it's brilliant. Good guys. Why did you take so long to sign this deal? Why were you uh, trying to go this alone for so long? No, we actually didn't go alone. In in the beginning, Hogger had uh, Wii Sport, and then he changed to Tenium. Uh, so he had agencies all the way, right, right, uh, right, right. which I think the agencies at the time were fitting Hogan very well because he was small. And, you know, as a small kid, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure with the, with the big agencies, maybe it's, it's good, maybe not. I don't know. But, you know, starting with We Sport, it was Swedish agency. We're Danish. Um, you know, it seemed right at the time, but but also you must say when you're in, in top of the world, as Hawke is now, you, you need to work with guys that are top of the world and, and you don't get any better than IMG, I think. Now, I stopped the conversation. So Colger was a junior at Moritoglu when the Moritoglu team came into the mix in 2022 and you guys, your team made this great run at the back end of the year. Do you pay Patrick or does Patrick pay you? That's a big question because we've been told that Patrick pays his players. I don't think Patrick pays his players, to be honest. Okay. I don't think so. He's a very good coach. Uh, 
so he he doesn't need to pay his players. I don't know where the story comes from, um, and and uh, we paid the the physical coach and and the physio in the beginning and and uh, various arrangements because Holger is part of the champ seat, but. Uh, it's it's another story, but but it's not like you you get paid uh, to be there. Okay, it's not that way. No. And and Mike James is your is the uh, he's the stats man. He puts the plans together. He looks at the statistics. Yeah. It looks like you know from the break point show. It looks like he does more than just that. What does he do on your team? What what I like it's it's very difficult to put together a team, uh, because as I said, maybe you find chemistry, but then they don't have the time. Then. Uh, where to find the good people. And I think we really benefited from Murato Clou in terms of Holger already knew a lot of the guys because he practiced there. So now I can see with the coaching situation, it's very tough to get new people in. And and it's it's important for the player to have a stable team around him and that it means something that you know the people with very well. And because he went to Moratoglu for so many years, he knows the guys. This is Mike, this is Lapo, this is Louis, the physio, this is Patrick, the coach. He knows. It's like a family. And Mike, yes, he's the analytic guy, but he is an amazing guy. I mean, he has a beautiful sense of humor. He makes Holger laugh. They do so many childish things together. It's it's amazing to, to have him in the team. So yes, he's the analytic guy. The same with Lapo. Yes, he's the fitness guy, but he's also, you know, talking a lot of good stuff to Holger when they do the stretching. And so, and, and it's not that easy to find people that, like that. What happens next for you? You make your way to the States. What's your schedule now? Yeah, it's it's a good question. He is in Monaco now, and he's checking the the elbow. and And before we like know what what is going to happen, then I can tell you the schedule. But but you know, on the paper, the schedule is to play UTS in in Norway, and then Rotterdam, then go to Las Cabas, Acapulco, Indian Wells, Miami, and from there we go back on clay. So it's a pretty busy schedule. Team Runa packs the schedule. Probably also too packed. Two packed. Yes. So something will fall out at some point, maybe. Yes. This this is you know you you plan the schedule, but but it everything depends on how things goes. So, what can you tell us about the ATP's machinations to Saudi Arabia? What do you, what are you hearing about some of these things? Do you have your ear to the ground? Do you know what's going on? Now Holger didn't play the next gen in Saudi because. Um, he was playing the the final thing to win. Of course. So we 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 didn't go to Saudi yet. What I think about it is, I think it's a country that really wants to get into sports, which I think for the world, I think sport is is a good thing because a lot of people say you you have to mix politics and sport. But in my opinion, sport is like, it's a no man's land. It's, it's like you can be German, you can be Russian, you can be French, you can be man, woman, whatever you want to be. And you, you do the sports. It's also with religion. You can be Christian, you can be Muslim, you can play tennis still, even though you believe in whatever you want to believe in. And, and I like actually the idea that sport is in every country. I do. I think it brings us together on another level and, and creates an understanding and we do not have to like all countries and this or dislike, but sport brings people together. And I think that is positive. Let's move into the third set. This is the portion of our show where we talk typically about uh, our guest's career. Uh, I'm going to try to thread this needle here. I, I think you're the first tennis mom I've had on my show. Where does your tennis begin? Oh, my tennis began with Elma, Holger's sister, who wanted to join the friends from school in the local club. What's the name of that club? Oh, you don't want to pronounce. It's called Skoshul Idratsklub. Okay. <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. No, it's, it's super tough. So Holger's sister, who I think just turned 25 years old. True. Yes, we beautiful see, girl. Is she a model? Is that what she's doing? Is she modeling? She was modeling when she was younger. Now she's taking care of my company. She's okay. a super brainy girl. She's so smart and quick. So, uh, And she has a good looks at the same time, which is, which is the gift. No doubt. Yes. So you and your husband are not tennis players. Zip. 
zip. No, zero. No, no. Zip. Don't touch the racket. No, 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 never. Tried, tried once, and it's it's so tough. I have a huge respect of tennis because it's so difficult. It's really, really difficult. But I'm I'm really happy. I, I'm an old ballet dancer. I was dancing ballet at the Royal Danish Ballet when I was a kid, and when I see tennis, I see a lot of technical stuff. I see a lot of movements that when tennis is played the right way, it is for me as beautiful as watching ballet. So let's back up. You're you're born and raised Danish yes. and your husband as well? Yes. And now why don't we ever see your husband? Uh, does he not attend any of the tennis or do you stick him <laughs> way up in the corner somewhere? Do you hide him? No, in the beginning, he was actually following Elma to uh, to the local tennis tournaments. And he thought it was terrible. Terrible. The atmosphere, the parents arguing, it was, it was, he thought it was horrible. Anders disliked the whole tennis environment from the beginning. Completely. 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 He thought it was the worst. But Elma really liked to, to play tennis, so I said, Okay, you know, I'm more easy. I'm more like, you know, I can be in a room with a lot of people and I really don't see them. And and uh, not to be rude, but but I'm like the horses with the, you know. The horse with the blinders on. Exactly, exactly. So so I don't really get a lot of stuff inside. I'm, I'm not super emotional either in that sense. Uh, and my husband is more like sensitive, so he registered like everything. Do I have it right? He's in the he's in the yacht business. Yeah, he's an agent for agent for the yachts. It's when they come to to Copenhagen, uh, all the big yachts. People flown in. They have things they need to do in in Denmark, and and he arranged all this practical stuff uh, uh, when they come in. The crew, the the the, the maintenance, everything. He coordinates everything for them. And you have a, you were a ballerina. Yeah. And you danced in the Royal Danish Ballet. That's true. When did that end and where did your water business begin? I, I see you have a water business, you do water solutions. Yes. It ended, uh, yeah, it was actually a little tragic story. Both my, my sister and my little brother were dancing ballet as well. And then uh, my father had cancer and, and, uh, passed away and um, he really wanted my brother to to go out and be in a normal school uh, he wanted him to play football and not dance ballet so uh, we made a big of a fuss there and and then for my mother being alone with three children she was only 30 something then uh, then we all went out um, and started normal school I see it was a little bit of a family uh, a tumultuous moment in your lives. Yes, it was. You obviously had your children. You got married and had your children. Um, there, I, 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 saw, I saw a video of your daughter hitting the ball. She can hit the ball. Yeah, she has a clean hit. I, I really like when she hits the ball. And I said to her many times, when I look at the, at the girls' tennis, I said, wow, you should have continued. But at some point, she wanted also to be the best in school. She wanted to be, she's super competitive in everything she's doing. And at some point, as a parent, you have to say, but it's impossible. If I, if I say to you, you can be the best at tennis, you can have straight A's in school, then you will go down with stress. It's impossible. So we have to learn our children that that it's it's fantastic if you have a desire for something but but pick one or two things that you go full on don't don't pick like 20 things and tell me you want to be the best because then you will have a nervous breakdown and holger is just an absolute animal was he an animal right from the beginning i mean 12 13 10 years old like when did he start getting really good where you were like oh my goodness this guy you know he i think he's really really good he was super passionate from the beginning. He was not allowed to start in the club before he was six. So we had to one year, one and a half year to watch his sister play tennis. And he was like so much into it. But for me, it was just easy because, you know, I followed Elma down and he was just watching, making no fuss. So when he turned six, we he could start in the club. But I think in his mind already, he played tennis for one and a half year because when you let him out on the court, he was like an animal, as you say. He was like 
just wanting to hit the ball all the time, didn't want to do anything else, rushing from school, even dressed when he went to school. He was dressed like Federer or Rafa. He didn't care what the other kids were thinking. If he came in sleeveless in, in school, uh, he was just into it. Just into it. Did Christensen and Kenny, did these guys, did everyone, was he identified as a talented kid right from the beginning? Was he just, when did it start to become very real? I think it's like, if you're a teacher in a school and you see a kid that are just so much into the math, you recognize it and, and you think it's kind of funny. I think the same with Lars in, in the club uh, in the old days. Holger came and he was just so into it that it's kind of fascinating for the coach also to watch this this little kid six years and, and just, you know, be so much on it. And and he was good because he, he practiced a lot. I mean, he was in the garden all the time, hitting up the wall uh, inside the, the living room, hitting up yeah. the wall. Uh, so he was there. What was the moment? Was there a, a day, a week, a match? Was it Le Petia? What was it when you're like, oh, we're going to... We're going to be in this. But you could feel pretty early that Hogger was very serious about it. And it was many, many, many areas, both the way he acted around the tennis, but also when you spoke to him, it was like when he played the small tournaments in Denmark, it was like he had to play one of the big guys. And, and you know, everybody knew he was going to lose. But And I said to Hogger, it's... Like, I, I didn't tell him that you won't have a match tomorrow, but, but you know, maybe I insinuated that he could not win the match and he got super upset and you don't trust me, you don't believe me. And, <laughs> and he was maybe eight years old and I was like, shit, he's really serious about this. It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not a hobby, this. It's like, and, and I was like, oh, yes, shit, I believe you. Of course I believe you. And, and then maybe there I realized that, he is serious. It's not just, I want to be the best in the world. It's not just blah, blah, blah. It's like you could feel in his heart. It is there. You know, there's obviously footage we see of playing doubles with uh, Carlitos at, uh, at Petit A. Would it be fair to say that you were playing the, the junior majors and, and you it started moving around around 2018, 2019, was it, was that when you already knew that you were on a professional trajectory? Would that be fair to say? I think, you know, I didn't think that way. I think Hogger was very determined very early that this is what he wanted. And since he put in a lot of effort, then you kind of, as a parent, you follow with him. So, yeah. you, you know, and then you start to play the international tournaments because clearly he was too good to be in, in, in Denmark. He won everything that could be won, two age groups over, three age groups, he even won the senior when he was 14. He won Davis Cup matches. So we started to to go abroad and, and uh, he was not, you know, amazing from the first point. He was like, because he met the best of the best, you know, in the other juniors. So suddenly he had like real challenge and and he's competitive also. So, you know, it, it totally not another world started there and he had friends. And so it came kind of, you know, step by step. It was not like now you are for real. It was like for Hogger, he was for real when he started when he was six. And for us, we maybe just followed along. And what's it like being a tennis mom? Because he's 20. He can't even drink where we live. No. What's it like being a tennis mom in 2024? You know, there are two sides. Yeah. There are two sides. Yeah. The one side is I love to help Hogger. I promised him when he was little that I would help him and I will. Um, and then there is the other part. Um, now I get touched because, yeah. Um, and this is the good part. You know, if you as a parent, is it's possible for you to help your children, you should. Yeah. And also, I feel it as a privilege that, that I'm able to, you know, it's, it's like, it's not all um, children that, that has this possibility and, and or all parents that has this possibility. I created, you know, a world where it was possible to help him. Um, and looking back, I'm very happy that I did. And what about like drinking, drugs, chasing girls? I mean, like all the stuff most teenagers want to do. I can't even, I, this kid is so 
focused with the tennis. I mean, do you ever have to like throw like 10 girls out of the hotel room? Do you ever catch them like, you know, drinking whiskey with a bunch of girls, like anything like that? No, I think. No. No, I, I no. think when, when you're talking with like real sports people that really <laughs> has a passion for what they do, then first you have their tennis and the goals in tennis and the whole lifestyle around it is tennis. And, and this is what they want. This is what they like. And this is what they love. So, you know, to drink, take drugs, uh, go out late at night. It's not the lifestyle that fits the tennis. So it's not even an option. And you see that out there. It doesn't even line up. It's just a different world. No, and I think actually it was funny. Holger was out with, uh, in preseason, Holger was going out with, with uh, the Formula One guys. Uh, in Abu Dhabi, yeah, uh, because there it was their last race, and and it was uh, Holger had preseason, and it was funny to hear because the guys they didn't went out since Monaco, which was their race six months before. So it's not like you know it's nice for Holger to be around these guys because you see it's 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 not Holger that's the freak. It's like you know every young guy who's like super passionate for their sport they they just don't prioritize to to go out and party all the time. They can't. They can't. It's a different time now, huh? They just can't. No, and I, I don't think they miss it either. I, I think they have so big goals and ambitions and dreams. So, yeah, I think if they miss it, they would do it. And what about women? I mean, is he, I mean, girls got to be like going into his DMs and sending him pictures and everything. I mean, is that wild? Oh, you won't believe. You won't believe it. There is like... No, there is like 10,000 messages and, and from boys and girls and everybody, you know, he's, he's good looking. He's a good looking guy. And, and uh, listen, I mean, all the girls are all about Holger. Now, does he have a girlfriend that nobody knows about or is he single and ready to mingle? What's the story? No, I can't tell you about this. This is Holger's private life. I can't tell you about this. The world is also good for him at that area. Let's say that. Will you stop traveling one day? Are you uh, are you going to leave your situation? Do you see that? Or yeah, I thought when when Holger was a teenager, I thought at some point he would say to me, "This is good now. You helped me so far. Now I do the rest with my coaches and my team and stuff like this." Uh, he didn't come and say that. He he wanted me to stay along, and and, and I did. Then we tried a couple of times because, you know, I also had my company and my house and my family husband in Denmark. So, so we tried a couple of times with him traveling with the coaches when, when he was younger. Um, and he called me after two days, say it's super boring. Can you come? It's like, so I actually ended up flying to Argentina, uh, so <laughs> to, to join him up there. Now he's 20. It's like, you know, I step more and more back, even though I watch his practice because, you know, he likes to look out and see, is it good what I do or whatever. Um, I'm more and more in the background now in terms of, of the tennis and, and I mostly do the planning with the, you know, book the travel, the coordinate, whatever is coordinated before I took care of the press. Now, luckily, it's IMG taking care of this. Um, so... It's not that I want to step back, but, but you know, it's, it's like whenever I see an opening to outsource something, I do. We actually lately talk about it also um, because I think now he has a very good team. Yes, I, like I said, he, he knows Kenneth all his life. He's a super positive guy. Mike is, is, has a good energy also. He knows Lapo, he knows Louis. Um, so I think actually we have a very familiar team now which maybe makes it more like, then you don't really need me. But I understand also if everything is like, you need to trust the people you're around and you need to, to have an honest answer. And he knows if he comes to me and asks me a question, I will always answer honest. Whereas sometimes if you go to the coach, maybe they cannot join you next week. So they say, no, it's not a good idea to play a tournament. I don't know. Uh, I mean, there can be many interests in, in the answers that comes but I think now that that it's it's actually good people around him. So when you guys cash the checks, do you ever say, Lexa, you cannot buy that car. You cannot buy this. You know what? I never took you know what? I never took a salary from Holger. Never, never one penny. My question is, though, do you make sure he's not spending money like a jerk? 
I'm the one controlling his finances and he's pretty good. Actually, he is super good at not sometimes, maybe three times a year, he says, I like a new sweater or a shirt or or something. And then his sister go out and, and find some stuff for him because she knows what he likes. And he gets super happy for this. So he's definitely not a greedy guy. Then he has like, sometimes he says like, maybe I would like a house or an apartment there. And and I try to find, you know, various subjects. Then he was talking about Miami, Dubai. But now he said, maybe I want something in the south of France, uh, a house, pool. And he describes what he wants. And I try to find different subjects. And I show to him, you can do this, this, this within the finances you have. And and then he can take a pick and, and we do the practical stuff. And now you must be a very famous family in Denmark. What's that like to be so prominent now? You know, most people in Denmark are very nice, very low key. So so you don't really have any famous people here. And even if you are, you know, people pass each other on the street and say hi. It's 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 not it's not fancy in that way. Uh, I think sometimes it's it's tough as a mother that you know everybody needs to have an opinion on you i think it's very unnecessary but people must have a lot of time it's not the danish people it's it's people in general you don't know them and still you have an opinion about them i i don't have an opinion of you simply because i don't know you good enough to have an opinion about you but people tend to and i don't know if it's this social media shit people tend to have an opinion on people they don't know which i think is is sad. There are certain people that people seem to want to remember and people are memorable. And I think that, yeah. what do you, what do you think about that? That you somehow, you and your team and your son, you cat, you cast a big personality across the landscape. Do you think that would be fair to say? As I said before, people tend to have an opinion about people they know nothing about, which I think is, is I, I said sad before, but but to be honest, but if it's a grown up, you can say it's it's stupid. If it's a child, you can say it's sad because your parents should teach you that you cannot have an opinion on people you don't know. Well, but the problem today is like on social media, it's become normal. It's not that everybody is not supposed to have an opinion. They are more than welcome, but they should be taught that you cannot have an opinion on something you don't know which is sad, which is tragic, I think. I have a lot of female mother followers on, on Instagram and they actually share a lot of stories. They have a really tough time with, with their kids, uh, especially in tennis. They have a really tough time being taken serious. The coaches are like really tough to them. Uh, they are the ones that knows their kids best. And and no coaches want parents around. That's that's just, you know, basic knowledge. Uh, please go away. We do this on our own. We don't need your opinion and stuff like this. But then again, if Holger wanted me to be around, should I listen to the coaches when he was 12 years old or should I listen to Holger? And and I reckon on, on the messages I get that it's really tough to, to be especially a mother to to these kids i think often actually also me that sometimes it would have been much easier if i was a man if i was a father and not the mother i think it it's because all the coaches are male i think there would be another respect my last question to you here can you win a major where where is the fall off happening he's he's cramped he's played poorly he's lost his temper He's a little crazy. There's been now more than a few um, coaching changes. I was told after you guys made that run in 2022, you won won the Paris Paris Masters, um, that he had watched Carlitos go to one and that he really was motivated in 2023 to try to get to one. Put Moritoglu on the team. That seemed like a great fit. And I think it would be fair to say that last year was on some level a disappointment. Where is the team at? I think what Holger went through last year was necessary. You don't see a lot of players with, with you know, their childhood coach bringing them to, to number five in the world. I don't think you can mention any example except from from uh, Rafael Nadal with his uncle Tony. But otherwise, you don't see anybody 
that brought them all the way, which is natural because, you know, they, the, the kids develop and the way the coach see you is maybe still as a child and, and the way maybe you see yourself is, is, is it's tougher to become a man if, if you are with the same coach. So I think what Holger went through last year was, was necessary in terms of letting go. And then he's 20. I mean, he was 19 last year. Uh, he needs to, to, you know, balance all of these things in his head. He had a girlfriend. He had a lot of stuff last year that was going on, which was necessary. I mean, he's, he's a man, he's a young man, he's developing. He needs to try out stuff also. I mean, it's normal. So what does that bring you? Experience, a lot of experience. And I think sooner or later it would come. So either it could come now when he was 19, 20, or it would come when he was 23. At some point, you need to go through all these things. Uh, and for me, what is important is that he is so determined in his tennis, he is so determined in what he wants. And then it's about finding the people around him that can actually help him. Let's move into the fourth set. This is the 10 ball scramble. I say it, you say what comes right into your mind. And we go fast, okay? Okay. Your favorite city? Paris. Your favorite tournament? Roland Garros. Why? I think there is a cool vibe. At, I, I like the French people. Uh, I think the vibe at Roland Garros is, is, is just amazing. You see the ball kids, you see everything. It's, it's just so cool. Player box etiquette. How should people behave in the player's box? I've, I don't care at all. I, I think there should be none. Why should they behave like in a certain way to please who? I think they should behave as they like. But you, but you have a, but there's an etiquette. You don't, you don't stand up every point. You stay down points. At certain points you get up, you get down. Is there anything that you believe a box should behave like? No, I think you should do whatever you feel right. So if you see the player is passionate, then you get up. It's not because you want to get up. It's it's because your body just races because you get, you know, you're into it. It's it's like behave as you want. How do you describe your personal style? Are you Prada head to toe every day? I always wear black. Your black head. No, it's, it's actually it's actually a coincidence with the Prada. And you know what? What I actually I, I'm not sponsored by Prada, but what I like with it is that it's it's like you can buy a jacket and in ten years it looks the same. You can still wear it, which I like because I don't have much time to go shopping. So and otherwise, I I do black. I have my cashmere t-shirts and sweatshirts, which is soft and good in every weather. Uh, you you don't get dirty. I can't wear white pants when when we're at clay courts because then I get all red. Uh, so it's easy to wear black. And I have a crush on bags. I have a crush on bags. Chanel, though you get the you get all the bags. Right now, my 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 I have a crush on the Birkin bags. The Birkin. Show me yes. your Birkin. Let me see your Birkin. Let me see it. Is it? Oh yeah, yeah no, you 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 you've got a bag. We call that a bag problem. <laughs> You have a bag problem. And I often see you with like a big, uh, a big, a big headband. Yeah, yeah, this one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. When you're in tennis, everything is so practical all the time. You need practical shoes. You, you can never wear high heels because you can't run around. And I mean, I have 20 pair of high heels. I never wear them. Um, so, you know, the headband. You can do colors. You can do, I buy my MS headbands or whatever. And I really like it. It's like, uh, I feel like a little like a grandma. You give a little splash of color with the headband, everything else, black head to toe. Yes. You got to tell us, what's the story with the smokes? What's the story with the, your Marlboro Reds? And, and, and now, are, are you a nervous smoker or are you just a... Uh, I'm a pleasure smoker. Yeah, I'm a pleasure smoker. Pleasure smoker. Yeah. When you run out of the box, to, where do you sneak the cigarette? What I do normally is always after the first set, I go to the bathroom and then I go have a cigarette. And sometimes I get back in time for the second set. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, they don't want to open the doors until the first three games are played. So maybe I take two cigarettes. So I talk miss. to the local people around and, and, you know, have a good time. Because, you know, I'm not the coach. I don't have to, you know, sit. What's your move? You pump Diet Cokes and, and uh, the Marlboro Reds. That's your drink. Yes. That's it. You're smiling. Now I actually switched to, to Pepsi Max. You know, I, I did a little... Uh, Pepsi Max. Yes. Yes. 
Okay, <laughs> listen, a lot of my people wanted to know that. And so so you're not you're not nervous with the smokes. No, to be honest, I'm 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 never really nervous. You know, you you reach a certain age and and you don't really get nervous anymore. You 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 can't really get surprised and and you don't really get angry or or yeah, the the emotions get more controlled than than when I was young. So so I'm I'm pure pleasure today. Now, do your children give you a hard time about the smokes or no? Oh, yes, all the time. I did so many promises to Hopper when he was number one in the world in junior. I would stop smoking. When he won a junior Grand Slam, I would stop smoking. And now I said to him, when you win a, a Grand Slam, I will stop smoking. And, and uh, let's see. Let's move into the fifth and final set. She's like, for our listeners, she's lighting up a smoke on you. Beautiful. I love it. This is the queen of the court. If you could be the queen of tennis just for a day and make any change you'd like, what would it be? About the tennis or just around the tennis? Or... No, listen, this is queen of the court. It could be any single thing. You just take the question. You got to rock with it. You got to run with it. Okay, then I think uh, I would uh, approach the social media. And I think I will block all the assholes writing shit to the athletes because I think it's unethic and I think it's lack of respect. Uh, so if I was queen of any sport, uh, I would uh, protect the athletes from, from shit like that. Listen, I, I rarely share my opinions on my show because I don't think that's what a good interviewer does. But I will tell you, I agree with you and I hope that I hope that you continue to engage with you and your team and your son and continues to engage with the press and be yourselves because the sport for all intents and purposes really needs it, you know, because, you know, Rafa and Nova, they don't really engage. I think for a lot of reasons, but partially because of what you just talked about and it's easier not to engage but the sport needs characters and people to engage and to promote. I think so too. I think so too. But you get a tough time doing it. Uh, but I think also, I said also with, with Hogger that, that people want him to be perfect on court. And, and somehow, yes, we all want him to be perfect. But, but at the same time, I really like that he's a kid on 20 years old, loving his tennis. He has a lot of areas to develop in, which is super good. Take any 20 years old kid. If, if they didn't have a lot of areas to develop in, something would be wrong. So why should we present Hogger as like a superhuman when, when like 99% of the world guys uh, 20 years old are not superhuman? Why should we give them complex? I mean, it's, it's, this is normal. What we see is normal. And I hate the fake worlds, to be honest. And, and, you know, emotions are normal, good and bad. And it's not like, you know, everybody needs a pill today if they have bad emotions. Bad emotions is natural. We don't need medicine because we have bad emotions. And, and I think it's important that young people see it out there, that, you know, it's, it's, it's normal. It's normal not to be perfect when you're 20. So, so I hope that, and I see also Hogger has a lot of young guys following him that are super happy that he is the way he is. Um, so, yeah. Annika Runa, uh, this has been a pleasure. I expect our paths will cross again, certainly at Indian Wells. So I hope your son's arm is okay. I hope that you have a great 2024. Yes. That's it. Okay. Thank you very much for this time. Thank you so much. Annika Runa, you are released. Huge thank you to Annika Runa. And thank you to Deodora. Use my code APPROVED in all caps at hollibirdsports.com for 15% off of all Deodora Performance tennis shoes. Megan Fernandez edited the show. Our music is by Brian Senti. We'll be back next time with more of the most interesting voices in the sport. Until then, I'm Craig Shapiro, and you are released.